Hey, hey, hey! Thanks for joining me. My name is Chuck Tuck, and you know where you are. Behind the story with Chuck Tuck. So, do you ever have one of those days when you're just not feeling, well, 100%? Maybe you've got a headache, maybe you've got a stomach ache. I know, this is starting to sound like an ad, right? But it's not. I'm just rambling, because, you know, people don't have a perfect day every day. So, if you're down in the dumps, one of the best things you can do is take a nap or put on some great tunes. You know, one of the things I love listening to is some old classic music. I call it classic, and it'll be classic rock, maybe something from the doors. So how about that? What do you think? Anyhow, today, my guest is Fred Joyle. Now, Fred Joyle is an author, and he has a book out called Super Bold. What he's going to do in this podcast is he's going to talk to us about what it takes to be bold and to go beyond being just bold. So he's got different methods, some steps for us to follow. So I hope you enjoyed this podcast. Remember, share the podcast, like the podcast, and subscribe. Anything that you do helps the algorithm. And you can listen to this podcast on any station. Thanks again. Let's get right into it after this short message. We have Trixie today uh, as a co-host. So Trixie could not be here live because we are quite a distance from each other, but... Um, this should work out just fine. And Fred is the author of Super Bold, but I want to kind of take it a little bit a step back because if you don't know who Fred or haven't heard of Fred Joyle, you definitely know 1-800-DENTIST. So he's a co-founder of that uh, dental referral program. So that's been around for a number of years. So welcome, Fred. Thank you, Chuck and Trixie. Trixie from Tacoma. Uh, very excited to be doing this and, and talking to your audience and hopefully adding tremendous value for them. Yeah, absolutely. So today, what we really want to talk about is your book, uh, Super Bold. But if you could take us back a little bit and give us a little bit of history about yourself, who you are, and how and why this book came about. Yeah, uh, I grew up as a painfully shy person would be the best way to put it. Uh, and I missed all sorts of opportunities. I mean, I couldn't ask a girl out. I couldn't even make a phone call. I mean, I could, I was really limited and it, it just, I was stacking up the regrets over and over again. And, and, uh, and it was making me angry and I would see bold people do stuff and I would go like, why are they like this? Are they born this way or something? How are they, why, why, why are they not inhibiting themselves? So uh, I, I gradually worked my way out of it over really over decades by emulating them and pushing myself constantly into my discomfort zone. And then eventually realized I, I did a few lectures where I talked about boldness as a superpower. And it, one of them, one of the groups was a high school audience. And it resonated so much with them that I promised from the stage that I would do a book. And then, then I was like, well, I guess I got to finish it. You know, it's one of those things where you make the public commitment and you're you're stuck fulfilling the goal. And so during COVID, I managed to finish the book. I managed to get that done. The book came out October 12th. Uh, it's called Super Bold, From Underconfident to Charismatic in 90 Days. And it's a book about 
a systematic way to develop your confidence and boldness to whatever level you want to. Uh, it's full of exercises. It's an action book. It is not a, a read that a lot of people go like, I read this great business book and I got some great ideas. It's like, no, you're going to have to do stuff in this book. So you have to want to be more confident. But when you are, the world opens up to you. That's, that's what I discovered. Every move that I made that was bold in my life yielded tremendous dividends, uh, great opportunities, great relationships, fun, adventure, excitement, success. Uh, and every time I hesitated, I missed something good. And so, you know, I, what I tell people is opportunity is the hesitation killer. And what you want to do is, is reflect on your life and say, have I, what have I missed and why did I miss it? And do I want to keep doing that? So, that's the story behind the book. We can go into my business background too, and which took a lot of boldness to execute over the years. But that's the genesis of the book. Okay, yeah. I, for me, and uh, to my co-host uh, Trixie, I know that, or at least I look at her as a a bold person. So I'm sure that there are these steps that you have that she probably inadvertently, you know, followed some of the the steps, and you have your uh, uh, your pride method and things like that. So. Uh, yeah, Trixie, I mean, is this stuff resonating to you so far about being bold? And if you're not, you're going to miss out on things? Well, yeah. First of all, I would have never guessed you were shy um, as a youngin. I mean, you're very charismatic and outgoing. But I was just curious what like, what you would say was one of the top one or two actions um, that someone could do um, to be more confident, charismatic. Well, the, the, the first thing is really to adjust your mindset and realize that what bold people already know is that 99% of the time, nothing bad happens unless you decide to label it that way. And unfortunately, when we're underconfident, when we're shy, when we're hesitant, sometimes it's only in those moments where it's really important. We have these stories we tell ourselves, oh, I could fail at this. People are going to laugh at me. I'm going to be embarrassed. I'm going to be humiliated, whatever it's going to, you know, I'm going to be scarred for life. They, they have all of these things. Bold people, they don't tell themselves this. They just act and they go with whatever happens. And 99% of the time, something good happens. Yeah, it's it's definitely one of those situations where um, I think a lot of people do hesitate, or I don't know if I want to call it procrastinate, but they just don't go for it or do, do something because of the fear of failure, whether they're going to fail at attempting something or they're going to fail because they're telling themselves, I'm going to fail and I don't want to be embarrassed. So were you ever in that situation, uh, Fred, where you wanted to do something, but you didn't, and then later you regretted that you didn't do it? Uh, so many times I lost track of it eventually. <laughs> uh, but, but that was the impetus for it at the same time. It was like I would, you know, the, a typical example that happens to a lot of people, especially when they're, they're young and they're, they're in the dating world and whatever. Uh, they, they want to meet somebody, but they're, they're hanging out. They're thinking about it. They're pondering it. They're trying to get up the nerve to go talk to that person. And then when they finally do, somebody's already walked over and talked to them and they go, Oh, uh, I missed my opportunity. Um, and that, that happens to you enough. You, you start to say, Oh, things are just not, um, it's just not meant to be. I'm shy. Right. You start to label yourself as shy. No, you just behave 
sometimes uh, shyly, right? You behave, you hesitate. It is not, and people go like, no, it's just the way I am. No, it's not. You're not shy with your friends and you're not shy with your family at a Thanksgiving dinner. You're shy in certain situations. You're underconfident in certain situations. And sometimes those situations are important. You're, maybe you're asking for a raise. Maybe you're meeting somebody that's like a, a, an athlete that you really admire or an actor you really admire or a, or a business person that you really want to ask questions and talk to them about their business. But you don't because you can't think of what to say. So what my book does is it breaks down the five steps on how to, to change that behavior. And then it gives you all of these exercises that start at very, very simple levels. Yeah. And then that's the pride, right? Sorry, the that's pride, the pride method, right? right. It, pride is the acronym for the lessons. For, and and it, you use it to do the exercises. And the exercises start very simply. Uh, it, the idea is to move out of your comfort zone very gradually, not in giant leaps, because that's that's what holds people back. It's like they can't. It's too too big a leap for them. You're just talking about different methods and different steps, and you have a program that you've labeled the Pride Method, and that's an acronym, correct? Is that right? Yes. So it stands for preparation, relaxing, insights, dosage, and everyday action. So let me break those down for you. It's, it, preparation is the first step because if you're going into a situation where you're going to be nervous or anxious or it's important and you're worried about your confidence, you want to prepare yourself. You want to prepare what you're going to say, maybe what you're going to show, how you're going to behave, what, you know, how are you going to enter, all of those things. But primarily, it's just the words you're going to say. Um and a lot of times you don't have to say them. What preparation does is it allows you to be spontaneous because you've given yourself like a fallback position. Like I'm going to walk up to them and I'm going to say, geez, I really enjoyed you on that TV show. And then you walk up to them and they get this fantastic coat on and you say, you know, I know I saw you on this show, but wow, that coat is terrific. Uh, and so... That's what preparation can do. It's really the first step. The second step, and, and the reason I talk about it is because nobody teaches us how to socially interact. Like we go through high school, we go through college. Nobody talks about how to do these very simple things. And I go all through it in my book, like uh, in the first part of the book, how to, how to interact with people, how to connect with people, what to say, tools, power tools you can use in conversation, what not to do. All of that is preparing yourself so that you can interact with anybody and connect with them and like a human being rather than a fan or, or you know, somebody who's anxious or whatever. But can, can I stop you on that? Yeah, please. For, because do you feel, and Trixie, chime in on this, do you, do you guys feel that uh, with, with, Kids. I'll just use general term kids these days because of our technologies and and these things that that communication that face to face we're really lacking and there could be a possible danger where nobody's going to be bold. They're going to just do this. Um, is this kind of a hindrance some of the times? I would say absolutely. One of the things I say in the book is that social media is not social interaction. It's a whole different thing. It's it's a, an amalgam of a lot of technology and a a 
false presentation for the most part of who you are, uh, an enhanced version at the very best. And so when you are, when your life is lived through this thing, you don't even know how to make eye contact anymore. How I, I can remember sitting with a group of, of teenagers, six young girls, and it was eight o'clock in the morning. They were all on their phones. They weren't even talking to each other or looking at each other. And I went like, what could possibly be happening at 8 a.m. that you can't even interact with each other? So they are definitely more impaired. The phone is, is impairing our social skills. Um, so, yes. Uh, so so you, you want to prepare because you have to be good in front of people. You have to be good with people. If you want to succeed in life... You have to be able to communicate effectively with people. If you're starting a business or you're selling or you're in a business managing people, whatever it is, or you want the best possible relationship for yourself, you have to be bold enough. In in your personal relationship, you have to be bold enough to talk about what you want out of that relationship and give good feedback to the person about what's not working in the relationship so you can fix it. And that takes boldness. Many people go through their whole relationship, don't change anything because they're afraid to speak up. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Speak up. Trixie, do you have a a comment that you wanted to make? Oh, I thought there was something going through your mind. So let's, well, then let's talk about the next step. So your preparation, the R is for relaxing Uh, because you have to know how to be able to relax yourself. And a lot of people, you know, when I was younger, they would say, just relax. And of course, your reaction is, wait a minute, I look nervous. Uh, that makes you more nervous. It makes you more anxious because you don't know how to fix it. Now you're just afraid that it's obvious. But there are very simple techniques for relaxing yourself. The first one is just to check your physiology. Because when we're anxious, we tense up. We, we will have our arms folded or we'll, our shoulders will be up around our neck. Or when it gets really bad, we stop breathing. So depriving ourselves of oxygen is, is our technique for relaxing, which doesn't work. The opposite works. Breathing. Using your breath to relax you. Three deep breaths have an amazing ability to just relax you. If you do some, if you vibrate what I what is called the vagus nerve uh, that runs down the center of your body by just going ha, do that three times, really long, slow breaths in and out. Doing that, it'll it vibrates the vagus nerve and relaxes you. And so, Trixie, you you have something to say about this, don't you? Well, no, I like. Can you hear me? Yep. Okay. Well, I missed part of it early on with the social media thing, and I just wanted to say I'm, I'm in the dating world, and people are always on their phone. It's annoying. Um, but I work with donors, um, so I work one-on-one with new people all the time, and I really like what you just said about um, just taking the time to breathe and relax and not be anxious. Yeah. I mean, that's and, – and the other thing is once you relax yourself, you can get more relaxed. That because it's the same thing as people noticing you're nervous makes you more nervous when you go, oh, wait a minute, I, I relax myself. So it allows you to downshift even lower. Uh, and so and then you sort of get control of your body, because what happens is when we perceive psychological danger, the body does the same thing as if it's physical danger. 
It squirts the same chemicals into your body that are fight or flight and, and does the, all the autonomic reactions. We're sweating not because it's hot. It's because the body's saying, we're about to fight. We need the cooling system running full blast. And we, maybe we should not breathe because the saber-toothed tiger might hear us, right? It's like there's all of these things that make no sense in social interaction, except when we encounter somebody in a social situation, we perceive danger, danger in the terms of, embarrassment or shame or rejection we we are afraid of those things it's fear either way so when you relax yourself your brain starts working better because that's the other thing that shuts down is your cognitive skills right because you don't need them when you're fighting you need to run or fight or or hide right those those are not high motors high skills you know high intellectual skills so your brain slows down in that situation so the next step, and some of this we're, we're, we're moving into, because the pride method, really, all these pieces work together. They're almost not sequential. They're all, you do them kind of all at once, is insight. The I stands for insights. And there are some key insights that, it, that can help make you more confident. And one of them, which is when you really realize this, really changes your life. And that's that most of the time, People are not thinking about you anywhere near as much as you think they are. They're thinking about themselves. Right. Right. They'll spend a few minutes or a few seconds and they may have a casual judgment about you or a deep judgment about you, but they don't know you. Right. But we're taking it on. I love it when people go, well, but people might laugh at me. It's like, what people? Do you know these people? Do you care about these people? Uh, you know, are they complete strangers? Then what's the deal? Uh, and so that insight that you, it doesn't matter what most people think. This is what bold people know. It's like that rejection bounces off of them because they said that person doesn't actually know me. Right. Or and I don't know what sort of headspace they're in at the time. They could it could be the worst day of their life. So maybe that's why they're not interested in talking to me or smiling back or anything. So why would I take that on? That's yeah, what, that's you know, the you're right. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. Because a lot of people put too much. I don't know if this is the right word credence or too much credit on somebody that they don't even know and, and worry about what they're going to think. If I do this, well, they're going to think I'm dumb or they're going to think this. And like you were saying, Fred, it's like, does that make do you, you dumb? Know right. Do they you know? know you? Yeah. Does that make you dumb? Absolutely not. Yeah. No. Yeah. So, if Chuck if, uh, and Trixie, if I asked you this, if I said, okay, take all the people you know and rank them in your mind as to who whose opinion matters on a scale of one to ten at a nine or a ten. Who of the, this people in your, your whole social circle, family, friends, everything, how many of them rank nine or 10? Yes. So, so, so few, it, you know, less so, than this many. Yeah. Less than typically less than five. Your, your, yeah. your, your spouse or your mate, your, uh, your parents, Maybe a mentor or two, maybe your boss. But even your boss, like you, his his or her may, opinion may matter, but it's probably not a nine or a ten. So um, mm-hmm. the the idea is to to take everybody else and put them at where they belong, which most of the time is zero, 
right? On a scale of one to 10. I like to say what other people think of me is none of my business. It, yeah. And if you can actually put that into action, if you can function that way and say that uh, and, and, and understand it and infuse it into your belief system, it, everything changes that when you have an insight, you go like you just have to stop yourself over and over again. And like, why do I care? They, they're going to laugh at me. So what? It's one of my favorite things to say. It's like, so what? I ask people, they would go, oh, this could happen to this guy. Well, so what? Is it really it bad? It's so amazing how much credit we give people we don't even know or power over how we um, feel. Yeah, and that, and part of what I do in the exercises is I, I make you go into situations where you're deliberately feeling uncomfortable. and But where it doesn't matter at all. And you just go, wow, I'm, I and stop and listen to the voices in your head and what you're telling yourself and then go, really, what the heck am I talking about? Right. This is, this is not what not important. And the other thing, the other key insight that bold people know is that 99% of the time, no matter what you do, nothing bad happens. Nothing really bad actually happens unless you label it that way. You label it as negative, which they don't. They don't label rejection as something negative towards them. They go, uh, you know, the person wasn't ready to talk to me or they, they, did, they didn't understand me or I'm, I need to get a little better, which is not painful. This failure is just a step up to them. Embarrassment is a choice. They know that you can't technically die of embarrassment, so they don't take it on. And, you know, and so, it's a great shift. That's a huge thing right there is it's not going to hurt you. Yeah. That, we, we've great at imagining that it is, but it doesn't. Right. right. It's, it, or you could say, oh, I am humiliated. It's like, do you have to be? Uh, no. And, and when in a few times when you do it, you go like, Wow, I, I chose not to take it on. I always use the example of like, I could be with a group of people and spill wine on my shirt, right? And go, oh no. And all I can think about is I got to go home and change or I got to get out of here. People are looking at me. They're thinking I'm a slob. They're thinking I'm clumsy. Or I could go, this is why my dry cleaner loves me. And, <laughs> and that's it. I've ta- I didn't take any. And they laugh and they go, look at how relaxed he is about you know, spilling wine on himself. Instead, you know, because they're thinking, boy, if that happened to me, I'd be running. All right. And you get, and, and so, and that's how you elevate yourself. That's actually when I talk about charisma, charisma is you are comfortable everywhere and you just radiate that confidence and people are drawn to it. It's nothing magical. It's just that you, in your mind, you, whatever situation you're in, you have told yourself you belong there. And there's, there's, and there's nothing that's going to stop you. And, and yeah, yeah. so it's very powerful. Yeah, and it's even one of those situations where if something does happen, it's like this and it's gone. You yeah. know, in a restaurant, we hear uh, a bus person or a waiter person also just drop something. All heads turn, but then that's it. It's you, back 
We don't think about it the rest of the night. You know, we don't go to bed thinking about, oh, that poor waiter who dropped all those dishes. That poor guy. No, it's over, like you say. And that's and that's the way most of what happens for people that we don't, except when we do it and we think, oh, they're going to be thinking about it. It's like, you know, it, and it's the same thing. You could knock the, a glass over and knock in a restaurant, knock it onto the floor and just be humiliated or... You know, you could just turn and say, you know, uh, for my next trick, I will make the plates disappear, you know, one at a time. And just and just because we all knock stuff over. Right. It doesn't make us clumsy or idiots. And hey, if we're clumsy, you could say one of the most appealing things about me is my clumsiness because everybody else feels really coordinated around me. Right. And now what? Now what? Now they're admiring the clumsy guy because he's so comfortable with it. Right. So I, I like how you have all the uh, I, I don't want to use comebacks, but um, just how you think your thought process and how you're wording and the examples that you give, which I'm sure are going to help a lot of people, because, you know, for me, something like that happens. I go, oops. But for you, it's like you said, you'll use for my next trick. I'll make whatever something happen. And you know, yeah. people begin to people around you also begin to loosen up because sometimes they feel tight if, if something happens. But if you're right, because they're sort of feeling bad for you. Right. And they go, like, oh, he's mm-hmm. probably embarrassed or she's she's going to be ashamed of this happening or whatever. And you just and when you're not, they go, oh, this is cool. This is great. Yeah. We can hey, we can I, laugh about it. And they'll they'll bring it up as a joke later. And everybody laughs and you laugh right along because because yeah. we're all human beings. Yep. Each one of these steps in the pride that we've so far covered. I mean, we could go on talking on and on and on. So I apologize for interjecting things. So I won't do that. For the no, no, of the that's, letters. that's the important thing is <laughs> like eat. It's important to, to put color on each step so that you understand them. Cause I could tell you the pride method and say, go do that. And you go like, I don't think I can do that. Right. Cause it's, it's the book really drills down into the, the importance of each step, why it works, how your brain reacts to it and why it's effective and how, all of the steps of the method work together and then how you incorporate them into the exercises. When I give you the exercises in the book, the first level of exercises, I'll break every exercise down and this is how you prepare. This is how you relax. This is remember to relax. Remind yourself of the insight. The next step, the D is dosage, controlling the intensity of the experience. Um, and because that's what a lot of people do. They go, I want to be more confident. So they put themselves in situations where they're extremely underconfident and they clam right up. They panic because it's too much. They haven't controlled the dosage. The idea is to move into your discomfort zone at a, at a, a stretch, but not a break point. Mm-hmm. And, and then retreat back into your comfort zone. But don't live in your comfort zone. That's not a goal. That's a resting place. That's a gas station in your life. That is not where you want to live. The, all the great stuff happens. All the discovery, all the opportunity, all the fun happens when you get out of that comfort zone. And so controlling the dosage of it allows you to expand the comfort zone that you feel. But on a neurological level, it is building new neural pathways that are confident 
neural pathways that will eventually make boldness your default mode, just like hesitation was your default mode before. And what happens is the hesitation default mode atrophies. The neural pathways literally atrophy. There's, the, you know, there's great science behind this in terms of behavioral shifts when you change from one thing to another and you change from one habit to another. It's the same thing. We, we can rewire our neural pathways our whole life. So that's what, that's what you're doing when you're doing the exercises and you're controlling the dosage. You know, as far as uh, I, here I am, I'm breaking what I, my rule that I just yep. said I won't do. Good, I can take a dosage. sip. Uh, that's a really important step because I like what you said about the goal because I was thinking in my head, that's like setting a goal. But sometimes if you set something that's not attainable, you withdraw from it. And then all of a sudden you're thinking you failed or, or whatever it might be. So making it a, an attainable goal, but not in your comfort zone because you want to be able to, to grow. Yeah. It, it would be like a quarterback who only throws long bombs in hopes of winning the game. He's going to lose. <laughs> right? Most of them know that's what it's a game. I'm going to get 10 yards and then I'm going to get another 10 yards and another 10 yards. It's a, it's a very similar analogy is you're going to work your way down the field and have successes, not setbacks. Because, you know, in football, you know, there's going to be an interception. You're going to run out of downs, whatever it is. This is, this is what you want to do. You want to make it so that you feel stronger, just like with exercise. You wouldn't, if, if you were bench pressing and you say, I want to get stronger, you wouldn't start with 300 pounds. Because it's just going to break your rib cage, right? You're going to work. You know, you may get to 300 pounds, but you're going to get to there five pounds at a time, right? Over the course of probably even years. But so yeah. what? You get there, but you, but, and this ties right into the last step, the E in pride, which is everyday action. Do something every day to expand your boldness, do an exercise, do something, talk to a stranger, whatever it is, don't go to bed before you've done something bold. By doing something every day, your brain supports that and it becomes easier. You don't have to decide to do it. You're going to do it. Just like I, the example I use is brushing your teeth. You don't have to decide every day if you're going to brush your teeth, hopefully, uh, it's just something you do when you get up and when you, before you go to bed, it's not a, you, you don't waste any decision-making power on it. It's going to be the same thing with your boldness exercises. It's like, I'm going to, I'm going to seize some boldness opportunities and do them early in the day so that maybe you do more little things like talk to somebody in the line at Starbucks or Dunkin' Donuts, wherever you go every day, just say hi to them, make it compliment them. Introduce yourself if you feel, you know, this, that's what, how you would expand it is you go like, I'm, hey, you know, I'm Chuck, just wanted to, you know, I like to meet somebody new every day. So I usually do it here at Dunkin' Donuts. Uh, so what's your thing? What do you do? You know, and do you come here? You know, is this where you're, your regular place? Whatever. Mm -hmm. and, but you have no agenda except being friendly. And when you do that, now a shy person goes, I could never do that. It's like, that's because you didn't start slow enough. You didn't just smile at somebody or just look at them and say hi and leave it at that. Hey, we're more than halfway through with this podcast, so thanks for sticking around. Uh, what do you think? Is this resonating with you? Are you going to try some of these steps? I mean, it's really easy just to say, 
hi to someone. All right, so let's get back into listening to what Fred has to say to us. Move into your comfort zone that way, but do something every day. And the other, the other half of, of everyday action is you progress. No matter, even, you know, it's, it's life is a battle of inches most of the time. It's not a bunch of quantum leaps, right? It's not a bunch of long bomb football passes. It's, it's, and so what happens is when you do something every day, it aggregates. Just like if you think you're going to get to something and you get to it when you feel like it, like if you only worked out when you felt like it, how often would you work out, Chuck? <laughs> how often would you, how many workouts would you start? Cause you were like, I can't wait to start this workout, right? I'd be reaching for that donut and coffee more often. <laughs> Yeah, it's that's the natural thing about human nature. But when you take the decision out of it and say, no, I, I'm doing it, it, all of a sudden a year goes by and you've really accomplished something. You've aggregated something significant or you didn't get to it and the year goes by and you're a little bit more, a little older, a little more tired, a little more discouraged. And this is how decades disappear. And this is how dreams decay as well Yeah, is because we don't get to them. We don't get to them often enough on a regular basis where a brain goes, this is what we're going to do. And the brain works on it. There's, there's so much evidence that the brain works way more on the subconscious level than on the conscious level, but we got to tell it what it's working on. So when you do these exercises, the brain goes, wow, that was interesting. That person, you know, I would have thought that person wasn't going to smile back at me or wasn't going to talk to me or ended up talking for 10 minutes. Uh, and, and all of a sudden, this, this charisma starts to build, this, this ability to, like, not only do, do I want to meet people, they want to meet me. Mm -hmm. That's what you'll radiate that without saying it, without bragging, without doing all sorts of outgoing necessarily stuff or, or telling them who you are. They'll go, like, this seems like a person I would really like to know. Yeah, you know, and I think I've heard you say something like this before uh, in our conversation uh, is that you that conversation that you might start or the hello in line at a coffee house doesn't have to be a conversation. It could just like just be a hello. And if you're afraid to start to say hello, the easiest thing to do is when you're leaving to say, have a nice day or I hope yeah. you guys have a great you know, a great coffee or whatever it might be, because then you're not standing there waiting for them to say anything. You're on your way out. And at least you've put a step forward uh, on your everyday action and you've started something. And, and you, another good point is if, if really starting, basically every time you see somebody with a name tag on, use it. Before and after, hey, Chuck, uh, I, let me get a, a triple latte. Um, and uh, thanks, Chuck, when you leave, it's saying their name changes how you feel. It, you have personalized them to you. Now, if you're going to the same coffee shop, I, I do this like any place I go on a regular basis. I'm going to find out who that service person is. I'm going to find their name. I'm going to try to remember it so that the next time I'm saying it and it it feels really good to say their name because you see them light up like, wow, I'm a real person to them. He, he remembers my name. 
And it's, it's those, once you start doing that, now you're in the game. Now you're in the boldness game. Step by step, you are going, I would have been uncomfortable about that, but I'm getting pretty comfortable about this now. Just like, you know, when I get in an elevator, I'm just going to say hi to somebody. And one of the great tricks is what I call the throwaway compliment. It's like you're, you're going to find something that you want to say to that person just because you want to interact, but you have no agenda. You're not looking to meet them or pick them up or any of that stuff. You're just going to say, wow, that that's, you know, that's a terrific coat on you or those are great shoes. I, I tried not to make it about body parts or something like that or or even like the their like how fit they are or something like that. I mean if if you got some guys got massive guns showing, you can say like I I don't know what you're doing, but it's really working on the arms. You know, you can say something like that. I'm very cautious to compliment women on anything but their hair usually. Um, because they're usually working really hard on their heart in their hair. But th- if you say, wow, that dress looks terrific on you or those those shoes are awesome i don't know where you got them but but uh they look great on you and then and then you're gone right you don't hang around for the payoff and they go and and so what you've done is you drop this gift on them you've been a voice of upliftment and it's one of the things i try to get people to be why not be that why not move through the world making people feel better about themselves uh and and with expecting nothing in return, it's it's very powerful and it's very impactful, and you feel good doing it. But and people can tell very quickly that, and they're like, "Wow, he he wasn't there was no uh, ulterior motive to that. He was he was just saying that." The other thing I do, the other trick I do on myself, because I'm like everybody else, I have judgments about everybody that are based on virtually nothing. Mm-hmm. Is if 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 they're if I if they're dressed weirdly or they have weird hair or any of anything like that, then I have a judgment about it. I'm gonna go right in and say, but you know that purple hair looks amazing on you. Uh, that goth look, you know, you you own that look, right or whatever. It's like I wish I could put that many piercings in my head and still have a job. You look great, <laughs> you know. Uh, so, and just, and you know what they go, Oh, thank you. You know, that, that, they, they, because maybe they weren't so sure about, were they standing out and not, and they're not comfortable. Maybe how they're, you know, they're the only one in purple hair with purple hair in the room and you go loving the purple hair. You're working it. It's great. Yeah. And I think everybody, um, everybody likes to be recognize or complimented a, a little bit from time to time even if we say oh we don't like it i think like you said it makes that person feel good and then in turn it also makes us feel good if if we see their face light up or or their eyes get wide after we say hey i love i love your spiked hair and if you're yeah. genuine about it yeah and and you know and sometimes it opens up it's a chance to go deeper um Tracy, it's definitely your yeah, mic. I was thinking the same thing. Yeah. Um, is it, like I, I, my cousin. The last time I saw my cousin, he had gained a whole bunch of weight during COVID, and uh, I. So the next time I saw him, I said, 
have you lost some weight? Now he hadn't lost any weight, right? And he goes, no, no, I haven't, I haven't lost. He says, I'm, uh, he says, I got all these reasons. I broke my foot. I did this. And he says, but they're all excuses. And he said, and so I, I got him to just open up about the weight gain. And he said, so this week, he says, I started back on the bike. And I said, well, next time I see you, I want to see 20 pounds less on you. You know, we got to have that level of exchange. And I started basically by lying to him, right? By complimenting him and saying, have you lost weight? I was pretty damn sure he hadn't lost weight, right? But it's 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 a way to open it up. There's no harm in I, I am not the great deceiver here. I'm just I'm just trying to go and maybe you lost, maybe you know, maybe you're losing a little weight here. Maybe, you know, if, if he's lost five pounds, I want to give him the encouragement. Like you're moving in the right direction. Whatever you whatever, you know, have one less sandwich, one less drink, whatever one less bottle of wine um that that is causing you to do this or get some exercise, get out there and, and do something. But it, it, it just opened up because I just started with a simple compliment. Yeah. Instead of, instead of the old Fred, by the way, let's go back to the old Fred. It's like, dude, how much more weight are you going to get gain before you do something about this? Right. Cause he's my cousin. So I feel like I can talk to him about that, but is he, is, is the interaction, was it much more powerful because of the way I started? Of course it was. Yeah. It's, you know, I, I just, you mentioning that I, brings me back to the point in time when that hard love was the thing you know um, tough love yeah. tough love yeah. thing yeah. and it just does not seem like that's the way it should be working nowadays um, no you you should be able and that's the thing when when you're confident about what you want to tell somebody what you do is you tell them without any overcharge because you didn't let it build up until you burst with it, right? Mm -hmm. What happens with people all the time is because they're afraid to speak up, they wait till it's a boiling point. And then of course they they overcharge the the remark. Like it's like the boss who's tired of the employee showing up late, but he's never said anything all along the way. And and the employee comes in and he says, you know, Jennifer, you are always late. And we're gonna have to do something about that. Now is she always late? No, right? So he's exaggerated. She's occasionally late. And he hasn't invited her to solve the problem. If he brought it up like the third time she was late, he, he said, you know what, Jen? Uh, when you're late, it feels like you, you don't know how important it is for us to stay on schedule because we rely on you to be here before we open. Um, so what can we do together to is is there something that's that's causing you to be late and what can we do about it so that falls in that dosage doesn't it where you don't want to yeah. come on like that um a tidal wave of coming on top of somebody or just being overbearing like hey it's well it's 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 what it is is it's hesitation you it wasn't bad enough yet so you hesitated until it was so bad you had to explode and you had to overload the whole thing instead of being able to deal with it. It takes boldness to give feedback in the proper amount. It takes boldness to accept feedback, right? I, mm -hmm. I hated feedback for years and years. Now I invite it as soon as I can get it because that's where the information is, right? Whenever I do a lecture, it's like people come up and that was great. And I learned so much. It's like, I want to talk to the person who thought I was an idiot, 
right? Or thought I was way off base or whatever, or, or just I shouldn't use that sort of analogy because it was offensive to women or gays or tall people or short people or whatever the heck it was. And, and they'll say that and say, like, when you said that, it was, you know, some people are sensitive about blah, blah, blah. And I'll go, wow. I would have not thank you for that insight because because of my perspective, I wouldn't have thought that way, but I, I can change that. Thank you so much. Yeah, that's the kind of feedback you want because you yeah. get that. Right. I mean, criti uh, constructive criticism uh, helps us grow. So yeah. and take it just as that and not that somebody is critiquing you to put you down. And hopefully, like you said, there are a handful of people that make a difference in matter in our lives. Yeah. Um, but there are also the handful of strangers uh, after a lecture that may have something good to say that they uh, critique. They're not criticizing you. Yeah. No, it's, it's really just feedback. It's like, what do you, it's like, it, it may not even be bad. It's like, how, what did you see? How could I get better? I mean, I've had speakers come up to me because they, they know how I am on stage and they, they admire my stagecraft. So they'll say, okay, okay, you were in the audience. What can I do? What, what, what can I do better? What did, you, what did you see? And I'll say stuff like, you, you know, you, you're still saying um a lot. And they go, really? I said, yeah, you need to listen to the audio uh, and, and, and count how many times you do it. Actually, do a tally and you'll be shocked. And they'll go, Real? oh, I, that's, and, and you know what? Next time. They'll get two ums out and then it's over because they'll go like, what the heck is the um, right? I did stand up for a year or so and many years ago. And the first recording I had of my performance, I watched it. And every time I delivered a punchline, I grabbed my nose and I'm watching the video going, what are you doing? Let go of your nose. What's, what's wrong with you? It was totally unconscious. But it's that kind of thing that we get better by being uncomfortable. The most comfortable thing would be to never watch the video. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The bold move is to, is to go through the pain of watching the video and seeing what I'm doing wrong. Um, so uh, it's, it's all of this stuff. I mean, I talk about tons of stuff in the book that you can do and, and what the thinking is behind it. Because you really have to, when you understand the logic of it or the human nature aspect of it or the neuroscience behind it and, and what your barrier beliefs are that are stopping you, that's when you can really start to grow and change and, and you can really accelerate this process. Uh, it took me way too long. That's why I've, I've made it so somebody can compress it and, and really move at a tremendous pace uh, and build their confidence and boldness to unimaginable levels. Yeah, speaking of all that, I see right behind you is your book, Super Bold. So where can people actually go to get a sample of this, um, yeah. purchase it? Because uh, I think what just recently you had done a podcast and your your book just shot up to what, number five and number one on certain categories? Yeah, it's, it's right this week, uh, because of a big promotion I did, it's number five in the Kindle store of all the books. And it's number one in a couple of categories, uh, personal development, self-esteem categories. Uh, it's number one. And so... Uh, and part of that is I'm, I'm doing a special. I don't I don't know how long I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it 
into January. So whenever you're listening to this will matter. But right now it's 99 cents for the Kindle book because uh, I want people to have it. But and it's on Amazon and it's there's a hardcover, there's a Audible and there's a Kindle version. And you can go to my website if you want and download the first chapter of it. Um, and if you read a digital version of it, you can also download a PDF of the the exercises that are that are in the book so that you have physical versions of the exercises themselves, which is I think is is really valuable. That's why I'm, I made it available because so many more people read or listen, read on a Kindle or listen rather than hold a, a physical book in their hands. Yeah. I think it's like. 30 to one or something like that these days. So your website is going to be Fred Joyle. That's Fred and your last name, Joyle, like said, like, like Royal, Royal. with a J, right. A-O-Y-A-L. Yeah. Uh, yeah Fredjoyle.com. And it's, and yeah, it's no dots or dashes, just Fredjoyle.com. Um, and, and obviously super bold uh, is the book. Some people get confused. You wrote a book about the Super Bowl? No, not the Super Bowl. There's a D, kind of a very important D. I always have to hit it hard. Um, but yes, it's about the superpower of boldness and how anyone can achieve it. Uh, it is learnable because I learned it. And if I can learn it, anybody can learn it. Yeah, and your pride method and some of these other exercises, uh, 10 principles, 10 steps that you have uh, laid out in your book, can get somebody there in 90 days, right? 90 days or less, probably. It's not something that it's going to take you forever. You just have to make sure that you follow the steps and work it, and it will it will bring you to success, and it will make you bold, if not super bold. And, and it'll be something you'll work on the rest of your life. I'm still becoming bolder, but I'm also, I tell people, I'm not an extrovert. I'm a bold introvert. I have, I can, and because what super bold actually means, just to clear it up for people, is that you can summon your boldness whenever it's most important. Because that's where a lot of people are confident until it really matters, right? It's like until they got to give a really important presentation or they got to ask for a raise or they got to ask that person to go out with them uh, or any, any one of those things, all of a sudden their confidence shrinks. They're confident in the way they do their job, but then in their social life, they have no confidence. So the idea is you want to summon your boldness and be completely relaxed and confident in every situation and always feel like you belong in that place. And you can do that and you'll just keep expanding. You'll develop an appetite for being bolder and bolder and bolder, but it'll always be you. It won't, you won't turn into somebody else. Mm -hmm. You won't become somebody that dances on tables or something like that if that is not interesting to you. But what you will be able to do is go to a party and have a really good, deep conversation with five or six people, and they'll remember you. Yeah, I just want to add two things and then just throw something else in there. So about this boldness, it's not um, – this book isn't going to say that you're going to be bold only in this one area. It's boldness the way I'm understanding it in life, in everything that you do, in every aspect that you can um, put yourself into. So whether it be love, relationships, work, friendship, um, or just be a little bit more outgoing at a party. So that's what this is going to help you with. And the other thing, too, is what I like is you have not mentioned one thing about age. So there's no age discrimination on this. It's You could be uh, a young person 
or you could be a middle age or you can be an old person. It's yeah. this is going to help every person in every age bracket. I uh, talked to a, a classmate of mine in high school uh, who as a football coach and he retired a, a couple of years ago because he thought he was supposed to. He reads the book and he texts me right back. He says, I don't know what the heck I was doing retiring. I love coaching. I am going to find a way to go back into coaching because I have a way to get people to peak to peak performance that I've perfected. And I, I really want to bring that to the world. And I just thought, how wonderful yeah. that, that, that at his age, I could, I could bump him right back into a pathway to a more fulfilling life. So the other thing that I just want to throw in before we uh, close out everything is that for folks who are like me, I do like to read, but sometimes I don't have enough time or I make an excuse or a reason that I don't. You actually read your book, didn't you, for the Super Bowl? Yeah, it's my voice reading the audio book. Yeah. So, so if you're enjoying his voice, which I would say you've got a really good voice on this, um, do the audible. And perfect time when you're driving around, listen to it. Or, you know, if you're just sitting at home, listen to it. Working out. Yeah. Working out. And like I said, you're able to download the PDF uh, worksheet to help you along yeah. with the steps. So, I mean, everybody has all the tools now. If you just go to Fred's website or, or you know, go to Amazon, do something. But just remember Fred Joyle and just check it out. Download the first chapter for free. So, uh, Fred. This has been really, really fascinating and good information. Um, I know I'm going to put it to work because it is the holiday season right now. And it is a joyous season. So there is no reason for me not to go out there and say hi to at least, you know, one stranger every other day. And then I'll work every, every day. No, no, no. <laughs> every day. Oh, my God. You forgot the E. You're the, you have the frig method now. Uh, yeah. That's right. That's right. We forgot. I forgot the E. So we, you've got to do it every day. Do, do something every day. What I tell people is like, you're grown up now. Talk to strangers. That's right. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this has been fantastic again. Um, I know there's a little snafus and we lost our co-host Trixie there uh, partway through. Then she came back and it was determined that she was the culprit of the our clicking our audio yeah. sound. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's it. We've made it through another podcast. Thanks for sticking around to the end. So I hope you got a lot of information that's going to be helpful for you out of this podcast from Fred Joyle. And remember, you can go to his website, fredjoyle.com. The other thing, too, is don't forget the PRIDE method. And the PRIDE method stands for Preparation, relaxation, insights, dosage, and everyday action. Don't forget about the E. You've got to do it every day. Remember, practice makes perfect. So let's make this podcast perfect and have you come back often so it motivates me to do even better and to get more and more guests. My name is Chuck Tuck. This is Behind the Story with Chuck Tuck. Until next time, take care and have a great one. Bye-bye.